Welcome to the Sisterhood of Secrets, a podcast meant to satisfy all of your mysterious, paranormal, and downright creepy desires. Follow us as we explore the unusual mysteries of the world. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sisterhood of Secrets. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Taylor. Welcome back. Well, we're here. <laughs> Again, still working on that intro, baby. I don't you usually talk for a minute and then I'm like, yeah, hey, what's up? Uh, uh maybe you should take the lead on this one. I'm not a good leader sometimes. Um anyway, no new followers, so you guys suck. Um <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We've had lots of listens though from yeah, new people. Tons of listens. Cool. Um lots more interacting with the comments. We like that. Yeah, we'd love to hear more. Again, always willing to hear your spooky adventures or just some commentary about the episodes. We'd love yeah. to hear from you. Whatever you want to say. Um, while I got you on board over here, Miss Stephanie, I forgot <laughs> to tell you about this because uh, I suck. Okay. Let me switch to our sister show to secret count. We'll just wait here while you do that. Sorry. Um, we got a thumbs up from this guy. <laughs> Can't say his name. Sorry. I uh, got some... Feedback from another guy. Oops, sorry, lady. Joy Clayton. Oh. I don't know who you are, but Joy. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, other guy. Ugh, I think it's her root. Thank you for the thumbs up. Yeah. Um, we enjoy these things. We all love all the comments. We love the strange and unusual. We'd like to hear more about that. Not yeah. just likes. Yeah. Tell us what's weird in your life. Anything. It could be anything. We're here for all, all the things. Yeah. And if you're interested in a particular uh, topic, yeah, just shoot us an email or message us on one of our social media platforms, and we'll totally dive in. Um, dive on in. Yeah, it's Sorry. nice. It's nice to see what everybody else wants to listen to or wants to learn about. Uh, this week, our topic is going to be famous hauntings. So hauntings that have inspired movies and or I thought it was books. haunted houses. No, she's I like, literally only chose homes. Did you really? <laughs> I mean, they are they are famous places, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. We're this is a blended episode of famous houses slash famous hauntings. Because listen, I was gonna do the the one you're the second one you're gonna talk about because I love that place. Yeah. And then I was like, but that's not a house because I didn't read your stuff, and I was like, it's not uh, a house, so I'm not gonna do that. Oh. And <laughs> this makes a lot of sense. I was struggling so hard. you were looking for, like, specifically the home is haunted. But isn't every haunted location a home that's haunted? No. That second place you're going to talk about isn't a home. That's true. I mean. <laughs> well, most hauntings take place It's fine. I just can't read. It's okay. It's Dude, like there's, like, hang on. Let me check. My, I'm, I'm going to check my text messages. There's no way I said haunted homes. That sounds strange. Again, waiting. So sorry. <laughs> the audience no, is like, see, well, I've stopped listening. <laughs> um, you said we're doing Famous Haunting Shave 2. Shave 2? Shave 2 I'm working on. Please find a few you like. So I was like, maybe the shave meant home. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just asked me what I was trying to say. I didn't have signal oh. where I was. So when I got home, it was freaking midnight. And I was like, I'm not messaging her. Yeah, I'd be glad I wouldn't have answered. Yes, you, you never sleep. What are you talking about? <laughs> You'd have been like, ooh, what's happening? Yeah. Another oh, my distraction. Phone, my phone just dinged. I've got to look at it. 
even though it's the worst possible thing to and do. And I'm when you're spiraling. spiraling. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's get into it. So I chose a haunted home. <laughs> Don't talk and to me. Famous haunting. Uh, I chose the Amityville house. Uh, which inspired the Amityville horror movie. Side note, I just tried to adjust my glasses that I'm not wearing. <laughs> you just wanted to feel smart. I'm just trying to look. Something happened. I was just like, <laughs> nothing there. <laughs> Continue. Excellent. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the Amityville horror um, situation. So I'm going to give you a little background knowledge and let's get into it. So where am I at? Oh, okay. In a small Long Island town of Amityville stands a stoic yet hauntingly white house. Hauntingly white? It seems a little weird. That's like well, you in the winter. Thank you. Thank you. I meant like it's just stark. Whatever. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> this home would be the place of murder and numerous hauntings. <laughs> On <laughs> November 13th, 1974, 23-year-old 23-year-old <laughs> Ronald. If I didn't mess up while I was speaking, then this wouldn't be. If you just read it the and stop trying to look at me well, while I like, you read. I like to look while I read. I'm trying to split my eyes like a chameleon. <laughs> anyway, okay. let's start over here. So in a small Long Island town of Amityville, there was a haunted home. And let's get into why it is a haunted home. On November 13th, 1974, 23-year-old Ronald J. Defoe Jr. Stop laughing, would murder his entire family in their sleep using a 35 caliber Marlin rifle. This would include his parents and his four siblings. Busy Side night. note, I just assumed it was a dad who killed like his wife and children. I didn't actually realize that it was a son. It was a son who had killed his family. I didn't know that. I, I, I was just following the movie, you know. Well, in the movie, the dad gets possessed by his spirit. Oh. It's been a while since I've seen that. I just remember being super You scary. just remember Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and he's chopping wood. Yeah. Chiseled as fuck. Anyway, that's all I can think about. <laughs> Side note. Um, <clears throat> Ronald had a history of psychosis. He'd been kicked out of school due to bad behavior. And he later, of course, developed a drug habit. And he struggled to maintain any type of healthy relationship with his friends or his family. Um, so let's get into why he was crazy. His friends thought he was crazy because during a hunting trip, he pointed a rifle at his friends and were like, this is fun. I'm going to kill you. Why? Why would you do that? This should have been like, ding, 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 ding. He's never taken the hunter safety course. No, he never. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. Mm -mm. Uh, he used to get into super violent fights with his dad and they would i mean it, it would start out as like screaming matches and it would escalate into like physical altercations even during one fight towards the end i guess he grabbed a rifle and he threatened to shoot his father so at this point in my time if i was the mom or hell even the dad mm -hmm. i'd remove said weapons from home you would think that would be their first thing so after he kills his family this is where it gets crazy so he kills mom and dad after one of these tumultuous evenings at his parents' house. He, they all go to bed. He goes upstairs and he's like, pop, pop. He's decided he's going to kill everybody. Takes a rifle and he goes in and he kills his parents first. And then he goes to each one of his siblings' rooms. Um, what, the, what did the siblings have to do with it? I have no idea. I don't know why they were involved. Do you think he was just like, well, better not half-ass it. Might as well do it all at one time. 
Apparently. I think he just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so immediate, so he killed his parents at about 3 a.m. Okay. Mm, the he goes, hour. he takes a shower. Normal. He gets his stuff together. He kind of tidies up a little bit. And then he goes about his day. He went to work at the dealership that his father worked with him. His dad, like, ran it. And that's the only place he could get a job because he was so violent towards people. So his dad's like, hey, I'm going to get you a job here. You, you've got to have some sort of normalcy. Um, he meets up with some friends. And he keeps saying to them, like, I've tried to call my parents. And no one will answer the phone. <laughs> like, it's a shock. And he even, like, picks up the phone. Like, he meets up with his girlfriend, too, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to call my my parents right now. Bitch, has got a girlfriend? Yeah, he had a girlfriend. Yeah. Um, after meeting up with his, fo- his friends, he goes and gets high, and then they go out for Fun. drinks. Even better. Yeah. The police, obviously, I guess someone notices that the parents haven't left for work or that no one is... Um, no one's seen the family in 24 hours. Pretty much, and they talk to him or whatever, and he says, oh, the mob did it. He blames... um, The mob? Yeah, apparently his father had a run-in with a mob member, and he was saying that 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 was it. But later on, his story starts to fall apart, and he confesses pretty quickly, saying, it all started so fast, and once I started, I couldn't stop. It just went so fast. It's because you're racist. Listen... I see, I can understand him in a rage killing his parents, I guess, because they're in the same room. But the rest of the actions he had to walk through the house, open doors, go in close. Like, Mm-mm. he shot them point blank. <clears throat> now, I can understand any of it. My thing is, um, you waited until everyone was asleep because you're a poontang. And then you go grab a rifle. And then you shoot mama and daddy. And then you kill the rest of your siblings. And then you're like, oh, better take a shower and get ready for my day. Dude, that's like, that's psychotic. Yeah, he is. No remorse. Psychotic. None. He did, And then he was just like, meh, I'm going to call. I think the whole calling his parents when he was out with his friends is him trying to just create a cover story. Yeah, duh. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to call my mom and dad. And in the back of his head, he's like, bitches ain't going to answer. Oh, my God. So Ronald changed his reason for killing his family several times. He began his defense by saying he had been abused by his father and that... Um, that led him to killing his father. Still doesn't explain why he killed his mom and all of his siblings. Maybe mom, like, wasn't there to protect him, you know, that kind of thing. Like, maybe she, I don't know. But then he says that he was hearing voices telling him to harm his family. And then it the gets voices. even more ridiculous. He blames his younger sister, Dawn, saying that it was all her idea. And then he goes to say he knocked her unconscious and then he shot her in the back. So, if it was her idea, why did, you why kill did he her? kill her? I, I don't know. Also, why did you make this plan together? What was what was the point behind it? Because dad was abusing everybody, apparently. Okay, so dad's a dick. Move out. Yeah. Get your shit together. Yeah. I think his youngest sibling was 12. Huh. Great. So, the rest of them were in their teens or early 20s. Because he was 23. So, they were all, like, above 12. Um, Ronald was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. And he was held at the Sullivan Correctional Facility in Fallsburg, New York since 1975. 
Um, he was transferred to Albany Medical Center in, on February 2nd, and then he later died there at the age of 69. So he's no longer here. Well, good for him. Um, why did he go to the, I mean. Well, he was. Was he dying? Yeah, he was sick. And so I think it was pneumonia or something like that. Nothing like crazy, but. Nothing like he deserved. No, he deserved much worse. He's getting it now, big dog. Yeah. See our um, demons episode to know where he went. And he's probably working some sort of telemarketer position. Mm, I like to believe that he's doing the worst of the worst down there. So he's like the janitor. Yeah, he's like licking boots and getting pineapples shoved in places that are painful. Mm, Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of leads into the haunting part. So not even, I think it's like within a year of the murders occurring, the home is put on the market. They clean it. and they buy that? The Lutz family. 13 months later, the Lutz family purchased the home. And it was super reduced in price because people were murdered. Yes. (laughs) They only lasted 28 days in the home. Damn. That's it. Damn. Not even a full month. No. So, and the dad, he wrote a book about his experiences that happened in the home. And this whole situation is what inspired the books, the documentaries, and the films. And it's just, I mean, it's wild what he says. So... After the Lutz family moved into the home, they had a priest come in and bless the home. They were like, we know murders took place here. Let's go ahead and have this place cleansed and start fresh. Um, the priest Didn't felt... know what he was doing. <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe not. I don't know. He felt super uneasy. As he came into the home, he began the ritual, and then he started hearing a distinct voice saying, get out. And then immediately after he left, and he was like, I did a fairly decent job he's like i threw some holy water in the corner and then i ran out uh stuff started getting wild in the house so the lutz family claimed to hear strange noises like groans and creaks and cracks at all hours of the night and i mean houses make noises yeah it's just settling yeah yeah um (laughs) i don't know about that they would also hear cabinet door slam and doors would literally be like they would rip off their hinges they be slammed so hard. Damn. Yeah. Some poltergeist activity. Yeah. So George Lutz, the dad, he claimed that the home would get so cold and he was he would have such a hard time getting warm. Like everybody would be like, oh my gosh, turn the heat up. And it was freezing all the time. Hmm. He also hmm. said that he would be woken up almost nightly at 315. This would be around the exact time that Defoe murdered his entire family. The family moved out 28 days later and took a huge financial loss. Five months after the Lutz family left, Ed and Lorraine. Lauren? R.I.P. Um, <laughs> dude, there's been some controversy about I them know. Fuckers. I almost didn't include it because it feels like it discredits it now. I know. I know. Well, I'll include it anyway. I've already written it. Yeah. You know. So, old Ed and Lorraine, they came to the home and they wanted to conduct a typical investigation and try to figure out what was tormenting the family. So, according to the Warrens, Ed was physically pushed to the ground, and Lorraine felt a deep sense of something demonic in the home, and she said that she was overcome with visions of Defoe, of the Defoe family's bodies laying on the floor. So, she said that, because she was, she was a medium, you know, she was like yeah. a sensitive, supposedly, <clears throat> you know. 
Uh, the Warrens also capt- captured a photo of a demon child standing in the home's basement. Love that. Yeah, which kind of, you Next know, time you go in your basement, take thanks, a picture. Thanks. Listen, we built this house. We built this, Schmitty. <laughs> <laughs> we built this house. I know there was no deaths or You don't know what's things. on this land? Maud's buried here. That's it. Maud? Maud, the mule. And then there's Maud. <laughs> You're on one today. <laughs> So, um, the Warrens, they pretty much were like, this is a demonic force that lives in this house. Yeah, like, get out, burn it down, consecrate the ground. You know, demons do scary things, and they do whisper terrible things. Yeah, we we learned about that. And if you're already, like, a little psychotic, like Ronald was. Maybe he had a touch of schizophrenia. Could you be pushed in that direction if you're already in a weak state to kill your family? Probably. He seemed like a real freaking poontang of a man, so it probably didn't take much convincing. Well, we There's to call them poontang. Because I want to say the P word, but okay, I feel like... Okay, why don't we just call them balls? Because balls are much weaker than a vagina any day. Also, poontang's fun to say. That is true. Like the movie Pootie Tang? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the Lutz family sold the home, and they moved to California. They're like, I'm getting out of here. They moved across the country. And lots of people have said that the Lutz claims are untruthful and they don't believe in any other business. And um, the Lutz family has held on to, it's real, it happened to us. This is my thing. Why would you buy a house and then move out less than a month later and take such a financial loss if it, something was not happening to you? I agree. I don't, I believe it. Something was happening. Something. I mean, something had to have been happening. Yeah. I mean, whether homeboy's crazy too or what, but, mm-hmm. or you just had like a really bad kid running around. Yeah. <laughs> Messing up your stuff. The house has been, it's changed hands several times over the year and years, and it's been investigated by all types of people, like lots of ghost hunters and, um, who are the other people? The Zach Baggins crew. I'm sure. It's Baggins. Ba- excuse me. I just want it to be Baggins because of Frodo, you know. I want it to be Baggins because it looks like Baggins. Yeah. Also, I think it is. He's just trying to be cool and said Baggins. Why wouldn't you want to be a hobbit? Because he's like a freaking giant. He's just a big hobbit. Then he's not a hobbit. He's a human. Anyway, let's not argue about who is a hobbit and who is not a hobbit. Well, he's not a hobbit. <laughs> okay, so that is the Amityville house. And it's still so creepy. Like, you can look at pictures of it. You've seen it. It's. I if feel you like you haven't the... seen the movies, watch them. They're fantastic. Yeah, they're The scary. original one is pretty good, too. I've only seen the one with Ryan Reynolds. We've already talked about that. Yeah, we know Stephanie. Okay. All I can remember is Ryan Reynolds. And I guess he was playing the part of the Lutz family because they move yeah. into the home. Yeah. And then he starts hearing things and all kinds of weird stuff starts yeah, happening. Yeah, because, and then he starts like sleeping in the basement where Homeboy used to sleep. And that's where it like, it tries to get him. Right. And they did say they saw a demon in the basement. And you know how demons like to portray themselves as children or yeah, they're trusting. small or weak entities like yeah. sweet voices and things like that. Disgusting. Ugh. Creepy creeps. Them bastards. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, now we move on to one that I think that you'll enjoy because you're This obsessed. is not a house. <laughs> it's not a house. Remember we were not doing famous houses or ha- famous haunted houses. Just famous hauntings. <laughs> Taylor can't read. Apparently I can't text. No, it was I I, sh- I was looking at the drive. And then 
I see famous hauntings and it just still didn't click in my brain that this probably is not just about homes. <laughs> it's like the parade of homes <laughs> in my brain. I don't know what's wrong with me. Anyway. Yeah. yeah so I know you love the plague. And I, I thought do that love you would plague. really enjoy talking about the plague. And we've had some listeners say that they would like to learn more about the Black Death. But um, I feel like we, we covered a lot of the Black Death in the episode about... Um, like our medical garb. Yeah. Listen, friends, the Black Death is pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, it's not real hard. Um, there was just a real bad plague that was spread and by... And it lasted for hundreds of years. Yeah, with no cure. It killed so many humans, like over... Millions. and killed millions. Yeah. No, it, it cut like... the population by like half or something. Yeah. And, Don't quote me um, on that, but... Then there's Plague Mask. Pretty cool. Um, there's not... I mean... When you do research on it, like, you're like, oh, man, yeah, Black Death, let's talk about it. Yeah. There's not a lot to talk about. It's just like a pandemic that was terrible. It was like a, like, I don't know. When I think of a pandemic, I think of something like that. Like, something that, like, yeah. really, like, detrimental to people. Because there was no, there was nothing. No, people were just dying. Yeah, I mean, they were just getting bled and leached out, man. Oof. Anyway. Okay. So, we're going to talk about Paveglia. This is the haunted island in the Venetian Lagoon. I've never heard of this before. I was on a little Google hunt for like famous haunted things and I came across this. I've never heard of it before. I thought it was super cool and I thought everybody would enjoy to, you know, learn about it. So, Paveglia Island has been referenced in documents as far back as like 421 AD. So, it's a really old location and it's small. It's not very big. It's just in the middle of the lagoon. When Venice was under attack from Geno Genoa? I don't know. In 1379, the residents of the island fled to another island for safe haven. So it was since 1379, no one lived on it. You don't want to say the other island's name? I don't know how to pronounce that. Guideca? Guidecca. Guidecca? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> they were being attacked by other people, and this island was evacuated, and they left to go somewhere safe. So it had been abandoned for hundreds of years. The island was abandoned until 1527 when the plague arrived in Italy. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. In the 16th century, the island became a living burial ground. Okay. Super cool. Plague ships. Just close your eyes with me, everybody. Go to your mind palace. And let's think. <laughs> let's think about what a plague ship would look like. Okay. Black. It's black, probably. Um, the smell. No, they would probably have those, like, or incense burning everywhere. Yeah, but that's not going to cover up the amount of... They're throwing bodies. They've got people who have just just barely a symptom thrown up on there. Like, it is chock full of humans and people in those giant beak-like masks. And we're just rowing to an island that you know you're never going to leave. Honestly, picture... I mean, besides picturing it, can you imagine just the vibe? The vibe is bad. That's like crossing the river sticks into the underworld. Oh, I like that. You're welcome. I like that. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, the ships carried both dead people and living people. People who had just like a slightest symptom. Maybe they had a couple like sores sores or something. Or maybe they were coughing or something. They're like, "Uh uh-uh, go. Because they couldn't. They're like, no, I just ate sushi. (laughs) It was bad. (laughs) So Venice was a hugely populated area, and they knew that if they let people who were sick stay there, it would just take over. Yeah. Okay. 
And they were like, we got to get him out of here. So if you exhibited the smallest symptom, you got to go. And you had to wait on the island for 40 days to determine if you had been infected. Well, you're infected. Right. Because you're hanging out with infected humans. So most people from dead bodies never left. So the sick would let this place disgusting. So again, I told you the island is small and there wasn't many beds. So there would be like three to four sick people in one bed. They would just stack them up in beds. They were just like, that's lay there. It's a big bed. It's, well, no, it's probably I'm just, like a cot. Yeah, they're just stuck together, I guess. I don't know. Or they're laying on the floor. Um, if a person was too weak to respond, like, hey, I'm still living, they would just be carried off with the dead. Like, so if you... They didn't check for breath sounds? No. no. They were like, mm, they're dead. Go. Yeah. The straight dead, to jail. Yeah, straight, <laughs> straight to jail. The dead were thrown into these deep pits. So they dig holes in the island and they would just throw them in there. And they called them the death pits. And so when they were full, they'd set them on fire and then they would cover them with dirt. So they'd let them smolder and then they'd throw dirt over top of it. Delicious. But that smelled great. Again. I don't know if you ever Blech. smelled burning flesh. I don't want to. It's no. terrible. It's the worst smell in the world. Have you been smelling? No, when I worked at the hospital. People? No, when I worked at the hospital, somebody came in with like a third degree burn and I was like, Ugh. Does that smell? Does it smell like bacon? No. It is awful. It's like like burning hair? It's like a mix of burnt hair and like burnt lard. That's nasty. You know that. It's terrible. I didn't want to know that. Also, the sweet smell of decomp. So you've got all of that nasty (laughs) smell mixed in one. Yeah. So when the people died, these pits would be... Okay, so they fill up a pit... They burn some. It's kind of like they're trying to make the pile smaller, you know? Yeah. And then they would condense. have some fresh bodies. So they dig some up. They would throw the dirt off to throw more in there. Some of the corpses may have been freshly burned. Some of the burned corpses would have blood oozing from their mouths. You know, just, it just happens. You know, your organs are rupturing and things are, they melt. Yeah. So grave dig- diggers believed there were vampires. Oh, even better. And they were co- they were trying to crawl out so they could feast on the other bodies that were thrown into the pit. Side note, why would a vampire want to eat rotten stuff? I don't know. They have a whole city. Yeah. This just added to the people being like, but she this was island wild is t- back then. Oh, I mean, it was crazy. They thought vampires were just everywhere. So when people, um, so we know that when people actually, you know, were rotting, okay. Yeah. Things in there bust and leak and things like that. Mm. We didn't pay any mind to that then. We were just Delicious. like, vampires coming for you. So the vampires, island all of its vampires became a home and a death place for nearly 160,000 people. This island is not very big. It's not very big. And it was, wasn't it like kept at arm, like it had armed guards at all times? Yeah. You weren't allowed to go there. You still can't go there. Mm-mm. You can go there. No. Zach Baggins did. Okay, yeah, but you have to, like, be given permission from the government. I'm just saying, but you can go there. Okay. It's not guarded now. You got a boat and you're in Italy? Try it, dog. Tell me, how, tell me what it's I'm like. I'm literally going to tell you not to do that later. No. Two <laughs> so types of people. S- stop it. <laughs> so, bad. people claim that Paveglia is composed of 50% dirt and 50% human ashes. I think it's more than 50% human yeah. ashes. Yeah. So, if this isn't terrible enough, right, that it was a 
place where we just threw our dead and dying and we burned them and we left well, them. Well, let's not, let's not be hateful to the people at the time. Where would they have put them? That's true. For the greater good, and I know that sounds terrible, and many people probably won't agree with me when I say this, but for the greater good of the world and the population, sometimes you gotta do bad shit. And they just didn't know how to control it. They had no idea what was causing it, because I think it was bacterial and not viral. Yeah, plague still shows up today. Yeah. So, it wasn't a virus running through there. It was just people catching a sickness, you know. Anyway. In 1922, so like I said, it was a terrible place. It gets even better. In 1922, the island was transformed into an asylum. Love that. I love asylums. Yeah. So there is a a bell tower on the island and then like a larger structure where like the barracks would be for the uh, patients. The treatment of the patients was anything but good, of course. I mean, it's it's 1922. It's an asylum. Yeah. Patients were tormented by inhuman treatments such mm-hmm. as solitary confinement for long periods of time. Lobotomies were mm-hmm. a big hit at that time. They would beat them. Um, and then they would off, they would like hold them down or tie them up and it would result in some sort of injury. Like they would be, their restraints would be so tight, limbs would be broken, things like that. There was also a doctor that was rumored to conduct barbaric experiments on his patients. And I couldn't find his name anywhere. So if anybody out there can figure out who it was, I mean, I searched... For hours, trying to figure out who he is and just put a name to him. But, so he's a terrible guy. And some say that he fell, well, he did die. He fell off the bell tower. And some people say that he started hearing voices, either from, I don't know, maybe he had a psychotic break. Or or, he was being haunted by those tortured ones. Yes. Those he tortured. Perfect. Love that. And that he threw himself from the tower. Other people say that he was thrown from the bell tower from his patients. There's like a little bit of hearsay there saying that um, the bell tower is where he would conduct some of his most grisly experiments. It's always the tower. Yeah, it, it's just perfect for the scariness. So the hospital patients who died there, which were lots of them, were also buried on the island. And they were buried alongside the numerous mass graves of the past plague victims. Just adding to the awfulness of the island. The hospital was closed in 1968. That seems like a real long run. Yeah, it was a long time that people would just be taken there. You know, I mean, it was already like this place that was scary and nobody wanted to go to. And then they built the asylum and then all the most unwanted people were taken there, you know. Yeah. So, uh, human remains continue to wash up on shore. Love that. Yeah. Bits of people just resurface from the soil uh, to this day. The island is completely off limits to the public, and the Italian government has tried to, on numerous occasions, to sell the island um, with no avail. So, like, they recently, someone had a plan to build a resort on the island. Cool. Yeah. And build, like, spooky island. A hotel and restaurants and stuff like that but that fell through and a lot of people still from that area won't go anywhere near it they're like no thank you a lot of the locals mm-hmm. so some ghostly encounters that happened on the island fishermen claim to hear screams and moans from the island and they say that the bell tower can still be heard but there's no bell in the tower so they still hear the ringing 
probably old homeboy up there ringing the bell. Yeah. Uh, they say that this little spirit, her name, they call her Little Maria, has been seen on the island for over 400 years. This is said to be the youngest child that died from the plague. And they say that she just walks up and down the, the beach and she cries and people can hear her and they've seen her. That's freaking lovely. It's terrible, isn't it? Let's build a resort there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to go to a resort where there's like ghostly people just walking around. Spooky island. Mm-hmm. That'd be so cool. Be like a real spooky island. This isn't Scooby-Doo, Taylor. This is real life. That was real life for me. <laughs> it's 2002. Anything was possible. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> there were also some spirits from the time that it used to be a psychiatric hospital. So Petro, a man who had two amputated legs, used to race his wheelchair through the hospital. And people, people <laughs> claim that they can hear his phantom wheelchair racing up and down the corridors. People also claim to hear people laughing hysterically and they hear footsteps running up and down the hallway and a pair of huge eyes has seen has been seen like below the water surface like people will be riding the boat in and they see like this ghostly face under the water as they're getting out of the boat. Um, they also say that they still see faces in the windows of the hospital so the hospital is like kind of falling apart now and there's no glass in the windows anymore and stuff like that, but they still see people in the window panes that would have been there. In the window. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, terrifying place. Again, you can't go there unless you get permission. I, they, I'm sure they do tours and things like that. And like Taylor said earlier, Zach Bagans has taken his whole crew there and they investigated. But he's with the Travel Channel. You know, he's big. Yeah. <laughs> also, they say that he brought stuff home with him. Like, a lot of his crew members have kind of went through some things that aren't so nice after leaving the island. Yeah, that, I mean, if you watched the episode, it's a little, everything he does is a little exaggerated to me, but, I mean, you still get to see the building, and you still get to, like, if you had to be there at night. Oh, my gosh, no. It's super creep. Yeah. They even go, like, so the asylum, like, the island itself is two, it's technically two islands. Yes. So, it's, like, a one big island where the asylum was, and then, like, where they would bury their dead is, like, literally, like, not even half a mile across this little, it's like a breezeway. Yeah. And that's where they would bury people. I think it used to be up on land. Yeah, just over time, the water has But it's has flooded. Kind of, yeah. So, yeah, but, I mean, they they see all kinds of stuff of where, like, people were buried and shit. Yeah. It's just amazing to me. Well, not amazing. I guess kind of morbid that, I mean, you still see remains washing up on shore. Like, that's how many people were in this one little place. How many bodies were put there? Well, do you know, they say Venice is flooding. Like, you know, eventually it won't be there. Yeah. Imagine how much shit's underneath there. Ugh. Lots of... Well, I mean, there's always been so many people living there, so that makes sense. We gotta go somewhere. I'll tell you where they went. Hmm. Chewy. Alrighty. Alright, now we're gonna talk about my, my homes. <laughs> Your haunted homes. <laughs> my haunted homes. Um... <clears throat> So I really want to talk about the Winchester Mystery House. I love the Winchester Mystery House. Dude, I, love I it do so too. Much. I want to go. Me too. It is so cool. Like, But I felt like it was beat to death. It, it is. I mean, I feel like everybody has been there and investigated and stuff like that. But it is so cool. Like, 
either i mean she was a touch crazy you know and so she built all of me too i love crazy she built all these cool rooms and like there's doors to nowhere and like there's just doors outside that if you're not paying attention you'll fall to your death yeah and like she continued to build for decades because she died yeah she thought that that's what would keep the ghost at bay all these doors i guess so they would be love is an open door but she can continue to do seances she went and talked to her dead husband man she loved that and her child she lost her child that was the thing. Was it? Yeah. She she was an infant. Yeah. Well, she was like a toddler, I think, something oh. like that. So she lost her child and her husband, and she was just like beside herself, which I understand Which completely. probably made her go a little. Mm-hmm. Right. And this was also during the time when um, seances were like super big. What is that? What is that called? That like, that era. Spiritual awakening. Yeah. Yeah. They were like. I don't know what this was called. No, you know, like the cult was, the occult was so big. It was like very cool. Like everybody wanted to go to a seance. Everybody wanted to be involved in like the other side, what was happening. Yeah. That's above my head. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about the Winchester Mystery House. We're going to talk about the Demon House. I did watch this and it was creepy. It was very creepy. Yeah. Um, I did learn about this from freaking Zach Baggins. <laughs> no, I don't have an obsession. He's just everywhere, okay? He really is. Like, it, if you watch any type of, like, like spooky ghosts, stuff, yeah, he's there. Yeah. And I was like, when you see the thing for the demon, is he made a documentary, but, like, we'll get to that later. But this is based on, like, a real thing. So, it's going to talk about the Amons family. Um, They lived in, um, sorry, where was it? Gary, Indiana. Sorry. I don't know how I could forget that. So, um, in November 2001, Latoya Amons, her mother, Rosa Campbell, and their, and, uh, Latoya's three kids, ages 7, 9, and 12, moved into a house in Gary, Indiana. I'm not going to tell you the street. Yeah. Because it seems a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> you can I look mean, that you can up. look it up. Yeah. It ain't there no more, so you can go look where it used to be. Days after the family, uh, moved in, they claimed, like, black flies swarmed the front porch in mm-hmm. December. Which, if you know anything about Indiana, I don't know about Gary, but Indiana is very cold in December. Right. And flies, we know, means demons. Yeah. Anyway. And they kept returning to the family home even after they were killed. Like, they were putting all the stuff out. And the flies were just coming back. So, the grandmother, grandmother Rosa Campbell, initially heard footsteps in the basement. And doors creaking and all kinds of spooky stuff. Later, she alleged to have witnessed, like, the shadowy figure of a man pacing in the living room and found a boot print um, that she claimed was um, in the in the living room. So, like, I don't understand. Like, she didn't really go into detail. Like, it was just a single boot print. Well, I mean. And it I was s- belonged to a man. Yeah. It was a I'm, men's shoe. And no men lived in the heart. Yeah. And. I'm sorry. That's enough for me saying that you saw a shadowy figure pacing your living room. That's enough for me. You know what I mean? Like I'm scared and I believe you. Yeah, we're good. I don't, I don't need any more. Yeah. But, uh, then she was also claimed that she was choked by an unknown force. Again, terrifying. I mean, maybe she just choked on her own spit and got freaked out, you know? Yeah. Maybe she was spiraling. Yeah. You know, I do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amen's 12 year old daughter was claimed to have, levitated above her bed while she was unconscious during a sleepover with a friend 
they were said to have been like a, they they prayed over the little girl until she returned to the bed. Ugh. Like she's floating, and everybody's like, and oh. she's not even at home. She's no. at a friend's house. So uh, the daughter had no memory of of any of the incidences, and I'm pretty sure the entity or entities that stayed there mm-hmm. in the home only really attached to the children. They of, never of course. really messed with the older people. So the older son was allegedly thrown across the room by an unknown force, like picked up and tossed. What? <laughs> and then the youngest son would um, ro- had like roll his eyes in the back of his head and he would growl and say stuff like, I'll kill you. It's time to die. And a bunch of other things that I did not include because they were disgusting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And now when I say the youngest one, he's seven. That's uh, too much. So the family reached out to their physician um, in April of 2012 when he visited the house during a supposed the supposed haunting. He noted their behavior was delusional, which okay. is most doctors or physicians are going to do stuff. They're going to say that. Yeah, I mean, maybe they think that this is like some sort of <coughs> There's hysteria. a gas leak. Yeah, hysteria. So someone from his office contacted the police, and after the police arrived, the children were taken to the hospital. Um, the older boy was described as acting like rationally, like normal, while the younger boy screamed and thrashed and was just not having it. So in 2012, the Department of Child Services was alerted to the family. So... Um, child services comes out and they believe that the children were performing for their mother. Like they were mm. putting on this big act. Right. So <clears throat> they did get taken away from their mom mm-hmm. and for like six months, but the behavior did continue. Um, stories were published all over the freaking New York daily news and all kinds of stuff that, uh, Apparently, a DCS worker had allegedly witnessed the youngest boy walking up the wall backwards. Yeah, I saw that in the documentary. Like, she comes on and speaks. Yeah, so um, instead of taking from the documentary because it gets discredited because who makes it? Right. She did have her own things to say beforehand. She left the department completely for that area and moved out of state out of fear because she was in there and they were trying to talk to this kid and he started with he started rolling his eyes in the back of his head he was floating off the ground and he floated to the wall put his hands flat up against the wall like by his side picked up one foot at a time and walked like a crab up the wall to the ceiling you gave me the chicken skin i hate hate (laughs) this is in a hospital so multiple humans saw this like it was like a doctor a nurse um, a police officer was there because they're always there with child services right and homegirl that works for child services uh left she left the room i bye (laughs) she literally said i i I panicked and i I left like i don't get paid and the whole time he's walking up the wall he's like growling and just making inaudible noises it's just like you know like creepy shit yeah and again they haven't seen their mom in months so they're still just uh this isn't a show for mom this is just yeah so the police officer was there was a 37 year police captain he'd been on the force for 37 years and he will talk to you about this as well he was there and he was like something is going on in this house yeah so a photo published by um, a local newspaper claimed to show a shadowy figure 
when no one was in the home. This so, supports what grandma was saying when she saw the man walking across the living room. The family hired um, a priest to perform an exorcism. He interviewed the family in April of 2012 and concluded that they were being tormented by demons. Now, it is said that over 200 demons or some form of 200 demons, I don't know how they got 200, but <laughs> lived in the house and that there was a portal to hell in the basement. <laughs> what? That that's why they think it was so active. I mean, so it was just like a thin, a thin line, thin veil. They were just coming over to party and they just targeted these kids. Yeah. I mean, kids are always easy to mess with. Yeah. So, um, eventually the demons. Let's just go. Guys, I don't like you. If you're a demon, I don't like you. You know. You're listening because I know you're down there just cranking away on the old keyboard, sending us those. They're writing memos about you right now. Yeah. That girl. Can you hear me? Can you hear me typing? That's a bad. That's bad. And that's just bad. I can't even get it out. <laughs> Stop. Okay. So, um, the priest did perform um, three exorcisms: two in English and one in Old Latin. I don't know why I said old. It's all old. But um, <laughs> one. It's, that, it's not that new Latin. It's that old one. So the mom was also experiencing a bunch of stuff. Like she was sick. Like very, very sick all the time. Um, with like, they didn't, never knew what was wrong with her. She was also just having these, like, she wouldn't rest. She was emaciated. Oh my God. Like the life was being sucked from her. And so they did one, an exorcism on her as well. So <laughs> after this, the kids turned, she finally got her kids back. She got better. The kids got better and they moved to Indianapolis in 2012. And after they moved away from the house, um, everything stopped. Never experienced anything ever again. Good for them. Thank I'm you for saying. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so my thing is, let's just have a discussion. Do you think this is real? Um, I think that they thought it was real. And it seems pretty darn scary. I think there's too many. There's too many witnesses. I would agree. Like, if a police officer and a defax agent, I mean, the woman quit and went to a new state because she was being, like, tormented, too. Like, didn't she experience nightmares and things like that? Yeah, like, she, she was a tormented. She PTSD from this event. She was tormented for, like, months by it. Yeah. And for, she just witnessed it and was still, was, have, like, was, like, having these, like, god-awful night terrors about hell and demons and someone trying to take her. Oh, my God. But, you know, if I saw someone climbing up the back of the wall, I'd probably commit my motherfucking self. So, yeah, I'd be done with that. I'd be <laughs> like, like I need all the antipsychotics. Please. I need Thank a grippy you. sock vacation because something just happened to me. Yeah. Um, the physician, Jeffrey, the, the family doctor, um, said he failed to witness any paranormal incidents. He okay. thinks that he, he wrote in his notes that these were delusions of ghosts and hallucinations and... Uh, the Amos children had a history of irregular school attendance and with, I mean, it's just, I just can't, I don't know. She, um, the mom came out and said that like, we were having such a hard time because of the things that were happening in our house. My kids weren't sleeping. Yeah. You can't, they were being were tormented tired. and she was having a hard time. Like the whole family was being tormented except grandma and grandma says it's because she had Jesus in her back pocket. I believe that. Go, girl. 
I don't know. The grandma's always got something. Mm-hmm. So, in court, according to a skeptical investigator, um, uh, the police chief Charles Austin was an admitted believer in the supernatural. So they're trying to. These people just try to discredit everything that's happened to these kids. If you see someone climbing up a motherfucking wall, um, and he hates Spider Man, yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like even if you don't believe, um, I'm like, come on. Yeah. And they said the photo that was captured by the newspaper was altered. Other people say that it wasn't altered. That it just there was no evidence to say it was all. That they didn't show the typical signs. Um, they also spoke to the landlord, the man that owned the home, and state he stated he'd never had any experiences in the house. Well, I mean, you can't make money if people don't rent your home. And he said his prior tenants also claimed to never have such experiences. Hmm. Well. So maybe it's not the house. Maybe it's the family. That's what I was about to say. Or may- I don't know. Maybe something happened. I don't know. Most of the people involved were like the experienced most of the stuff. They were like, it was kind of not, a, it was not a bad neighborhood, but like. What if it was just the family? What if they brought something from where they used to live and then it just like came full force or whatever, but people investigated when it was still there and had experiences. Yeah. And like their credibility is being knocked because their kids had poor attendance. That seems kind of silly. Also, one doctor says that um, the children's are, the children are just delusional and they're having hallucinations. But they never had any other issues after that. Right. So it makes no sense to me. Yeah. Like, I just... And, like, the way the people talked about the family really pissed me off. Yeah. Really pissed me off. Like, the way they were just, like, disgust. Like, the skeptics, they are like, oh, well, she's a bad mom. Her kids had poor attendance. Yeah, that's ridiculous. What Listen, the hell? Does that you, have to do with a demon? That has nothing to do with a demon. Also, it has nothing to do with mental health problems. Like, if you don't feel good, if your kid's not wanting to go to school, if you, ha- if you haven't rested, like, there's something going on. And I'm sorry, your mental health and your just overall health is more important than you sitting in that classroom. Yeah. I'm I'm 100% with that. And if mom thought that her kids needed help and the only way that she knew to do this was she to took them the to church, the doctor like, and she was using a doctor and hoping to get help. And, and he was just being a douchewad. Like, I'm sure there's other reasons, I guess, but attendance should not be one of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how attendance also, even comes into this. And if a kid's just acting out to get attention from their parents, I don't understand how that equates to being them taken away. Well, they said it, the attendance thing, and the, I mean, the kids were, they were not in good health during this time. And neither was she. No, no, the whole family was bad. So they were thinking that she was causing their health problems. Yeah. I mean, if any but time. grandma of, lived there too. Like, did she not? No, she was fine. I'm telling you, grandma said she had no issues. She just, she saw stuff and experienced it. It would pray for her family. And she just said her faith protected her. Hmm. So the the kids were interviewed by a psychologist and several prof- several professionals concluded that the children were acting deceptively and in accordance with their mother's beliefs. Hmm. And um, one of the psychologists noticed that the youngest son acted possessed whenever he was challenged and was asked questions that he did not wish to answer. I don't. I don't know. I don't know enough. I mean, I don't exactly. I don't know enough. And I feel like there's a lot of plot. There's a lot of holes in this story. So if you don't believe, you're not going to believe. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, do I think that kids will fit a narrative that 
their parents kind of lay out for them. Yeah, I do. I yeah, think that. But the other physical symptoms the whole family was experiencing. Yeah. And a bunch of other stuff. I don't like their whole family. This is a tough Noticed one. it. Like they would go stay with like cousins and uncles and stuff like that. And they would still be plagued with it. Yeah. And they didn't want to be. I know that we're not supposed to talk about the documentary. But they didn't want to be like included. No, so what I just want to talk about now, Zach Bagans in 2014 purchased this house for $35,000. $35,000, guys. And it's not haunted. And he demolished it in January 2016 after filming the documentary. Um, some people, like, I, I thought it was spooky, it was scary, it was cool. But um, some people say it's hooey and it's like a pseudo documentary because yeah. it doesn't actually portray real events. Yeah. But uh, if you watch it, he talks about the stuff that he sees and it's pretty, it's not just him. It's like other humans are experiencing stuff and they do talk about how they took stuff home. One guy gets divorced because all the stuff he gets, like he brought something home and it was tormenting his family and his wife left him. Oh my gosh. And I mean, they could have had other mental problems. I don't know. Yeah, of course. So after all the facts and research I did during this, I mean, I didn't just take, I didn't take a lot from the documentary. I took it from different accounts um i have a hard time not believing at least the family that they were having these issues because i mean like a seven-year-old yeah a seven-year-old i can see a 12-year-old acting out and mom was trying to get help like it's not like they were just sitting in this home weren't going to school and they weren't getting any help like mom was actively reaching out to um you know, people of her faith. She was reaching out to medical physicians. She was reaching reaching out to psychologists. Like she was trying to get help. Yeah, I just don't feel like. I don't know. I just feel like if you're doing it for attention, you don't actively keep seeking help from people that don't believe you. Yeah. So, I think the movie is exaggerated, but the accounts of family had. Um, I I mean, they're super super scary. Yeah. They don't talk about it a lot, and they will not speak about the house they don't talk about really what they experienced anymore probably because of people that say you're a liar and stuff like that yeah but um they don't go to they won't go to the house today and they will not speak with you or if you've been in the home they will not let you near them i don't blame them if they're on the mend and they're feeling better and they have no other problems I so don't want to invite that if you watch back. the documentary um one of their relatives goes to the house and talks about it. I think it's one of the mom's brothers and they live together in this house and he's, they kick him out because they don't want him in the house because he's been in the house. Oof. They kick him out of the home that he lives in. Yeah. Because he went and visited this house and they put so much belief in it too, you know? And if you believe in something, if you believe in it enough, you know, I mean, I, they're terrified. Yeah. So, now, either the, the whole family are amazing actors and they're wasting their talents. Yeah. Or something happened to them. Yeah. Something happened. I believe that something happened in the home. So, if you watch the documentary, I mean, on video, I don't know how to doctor video or know if something's doctored. Yeah. But you see some weird shit. Yeah, there's some strange things that happen. Like, creepy stuff and, and like, ugh, not for me. Yeah. So, um... The but next, it is gone. Like, it's been demolished. Yeah, he did no demolish it, and he had the ground consecrated. Good for him. I mean, he's doing his services. Yeah. So, sorry if this episode's long, guys. We just, you know, 
you know picked long topics we did and they're um, interesting I'm, I'm enjoying them so yeah. so my next house it's another home I'm excited about this one. I don't know anything about it, but I heard I saw this is a long one, and I'm gonna try to condense it because there's just like information overload. Okay, so it's the La Lurie Mansion in New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Try not to say New Orleans. New Orleans. (laughs) New Orleans. New Orleans. (laughs) I wish I spoke like that. That's so cool. Yeah, Uh, I took a a class on like dialects and stuff like that. And that old way of speaking, it's like the old Southern speech. It's like a dialect of the South. It's going away. We don't have them. We don't have it much anymore. It's like proper mixed with Southern. Yeah, it's like slang and it's very weird, aristocratic, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, so what we're gonna talk about is this lady. Her name was Marie Delphine McCarty or McCarthy. That was um, very Southern. Was that intentional? No. <laughs> Freaking! I mean, come on. <laughs> she was born March nineteenth. She was born a coal miner's daughter. I'm gonna murder you. In the hills of okay. what is it? Butcher Holler. <laughs> so she was born in 1787, and she died December seventh, 1849. She owed. Mm-hmm. So she was more commonly known as Madame Blank. Blanc. 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 After her third marriage, she was known as Madame LaLaurie. Hmm. If I, I'm probably saying that incorrectly, I, I see. It looks like LaLaurie. And um, she was a New Orleans socialite and a serial killer. Oh my gosh, she was a serial killer. Yeah, she uh, she wasn't really well known because the people she killed were her slaves. Oh, she would torture and murder them. Lovely. Yeah. And nobody said anything. Well, I mean, we're going to get there. So she was born during the Spanish colonial period. Mm-hmm. Uh, homegirl married three times in Louisiana and mm-hmm. was twice widowed. Did she kill them or they just died? It is widely believed that she might have killed them. Makes sense if she's a serial killer. That's where she started out. Um, That's not where she started out. Oh, my gosh. She maintained her position in New Orleans society until April 10th, 1834, when rescuers responded to a fire at her Royal Street mansion. They discovered bound slaves in her attic who had showed evidence of cruel, violent abuse over long periods of time. She had people locked in her <laughs> attic? Yeah, so LaLaurie's house was then attacked by an outraged mob of New Orleans citizens. Good. And the house was burned to the ground. She escaped to France with her family. Of course she did. Why is it always France? Maybe she's a werewolf. Werewolves of France. <laughs> That's what it should be. It really should be. They messed that song up. Mm-hmm. So after her house was burned by the mob, the LaLaurie Mansion at 1140 Royal Street was in fact rebuilt after her departure from the New Orleans city. And I think it's a hotel. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. You can go stay there and I think they do tours. So homegirl was married three times. So let's get into that. Okay. Marriage number one mm-hmm. occurred on June 11th, 1800. At the age of 13. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, for real. She's a child. Delphine married. I love the name Delphine. Yeah, I do too. I love it. Delphine. It's. Deli. Deli, deli. And now I hate that. What just happened to you? It's got a cold chill heart. It's Delphine. Um, (laughs) She married a man named Don Ramon. Or Ramon, I don't know. De Lopez y. Angulo. Angulo. Mm -hmm. We're just going to call him Don. Yeah. I like that, too. <laughs> he was a high-ranking Spanish royal officer. And 
Yeah, sorry. <laughs> in 1804, the American acquisition of what was then um, a French territory of New Orleans uh, happened, so it became American. Mm-hmm. Wait, it's now on U.S. soil. Mm-hmm. So Don had been appointed to the position of um, a general for Spain in the territory and was called to appear at the court of Spain. Mm-hmm. So while en route to Madrid with Delphine, who was then pregnant, you know, 13 and pregnant, nothing better. Don Ramon suddenly died in Havana. What? <laughs> he just died? Yeah. She poisoned that man. Do you know where Havana is? Cuba? It's like, yeah, right outside of Florida. Yeah. He did not make it far with her. No. A few days after his death, Delphine gave birth to his daughter, Marie Borgia. <laughs> or Borgia Delphine Lopez... Yes, very My long. lord. I mean, Her nickname was Borquita. That's cute. Uh, the widow Delphine and her child returned to New Orleans. Okay. Marriage number dos. In June 1808, around the age of 21, so she waited a little while to get remarried, Delphine married uh, Jean Blanc, Blanc, a prominent banker and merchant, and he was a lawyer and he was a legislator. Okay, he so just, he did everything. Yeah. He had that white man privilege. Oh, okay. At the time of the marriage, Blanc really. purchased a house at 409 Royal Street. I think it's Royale. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to say that. In New Orleans for the family, uh, which became later known as the Villa Blanc. Mm-hmm. Delphine had four children with Blanc. And then he died in 1816. <laughs> they had eight blissful years together until he just mysteriously died. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, last marriage um was on june 25th 1825 uh delphine married her third and last husband physician leonard louise nicholas lalari mm-hmm. who was 15 years her junior oh she got her young in yeah she was like screw these old guys what a young, me a young bull Whoa. so <laughs> in 1831 she brought bought the property at 1140 royal street which she managed in her own name with the little with little involvement of her husband. So, which was the, already kind of crazy for the time. Oh yeah, she was running it. Mm-hmm. That's probably also why they call her madam. Yeah. So yeah. in 1832, she had a two story mansion built there and complete with an attached slave quarters. Mm-hmm. She lived there with her third husband and two of her daughters and maintained a central position in New Orleans society. So she was still a socialite. She was living her best life. Yeah, she was in charge, dog. Mm-hmm. So the marriage soon showed signs of strain. Of however, course, it did. On November sixteenth, eighteen thirty-two, Delphine petitioned the first judicial district court for a separation from bed and board of her husband, in which Delphine claimed that Lalaurie had treated her in such a manner as to render their living together unsupportable. So instead of getting a divorce, we say. Get out of my bed, and they you can't wanted live a here. legal separation. Okay, I know. I just love how it says separation from bed and board. Yeah, I don't ever, no longer have to have sex with you. Get out. <laughs> Claims with uh, this is also um, one of her. Sorry, one of her sons and two of her daughters supported this claim. Oh, that he wasn't nice to her. <sighs> yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't. I'm... Well, we know that she's crazy, so she could totally manipulate her children into thinking terrible things. Well, I also read in one instance that he caught her um, having relations with their slaves. So not only was she physically abusing them, she was probably sexually abusing them. I don't know. I don't know how much there is to that. Yeah. 
Um, but but uh, I wouldn't put it past the person. The separation lives. doesn't seem to have been like permanent because Dr. LaLaurie was present during the house fire. So he was there during. Somehow she everything. got his ass there the day of the fire. Hmm. Okay. She's probably like, hey, it's been a while. You want to come over? You want to Netflix and chill? <laughs> you want to go? See, you want to go to the attic? Oh my gosh! <laughs> so she kept her people. Sorry. It's terrible. So she committed a lot of murders, y'all. A lot of murders. So accounts of the um, of her treatment of her slaves between 1831 and 34 are mixed. Harriet Martineau writing in 1838 and recounting tales told by her New Orleans residents during um, her 1836 visit claimed that slaves of LaLaurie were observed to be singular, singularly haggard and wretched. Um, however, in public appearances, LaLaurie was seen to be generally polite to black people and socialites of the health of those enslaved. So she put on a front out in society but at home, she was treating her enslaved people terribly. Yes. So, and people were starting to take notice. Or this person took no, notice. No, this is not how they took notice. There was just claims and rumors of her just being, doing these bad things. Yeah. And then they found it during a raid, and then that's what caused the fire. Because everybody was like, what? So, <laughs> funeral registers between 1830 and 1834 document the deaths of 12 slaves at the Royal Street Mansion. Although the causes of death are not mentioned, and infectious diseases could easily have been the cause. But why, if that was what it was, why would you not put that as the cause of death? I agree. So, again, you have to take into account the time period. People are not treating black people correctly. Like, these enslaved people are probably just like... You know, it's just it, it weird. Doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know. Like, it's just weird that, that society like, was broken. There were so many coming from her home. Yes. So included in these twelve deaths, they. Um, I want to talk about this uh, guy named. I think it's a guy, or a woman. A woman named Bon. She was a cook and a laundress, and her four children. Mm-hmm. They were the ages of thirteen, um, ten, six, and four. Okay. They were all dead. What? These were included in the 12 deaths. Just in the four years. Was Bon alive? No, Bon was dead. And all of her children? Yeah. So when so Bon was labeled as a chronic runaway. What? I don't know. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but she was. But she she was her a cook and a laundress. She was in the house. Um Martineau wrote that public rumors about Lala Reed's mistreatment of her slaves on the property were sufficiently widespread to the point that a local local lawyer was dispatched to the Royal Street to remind Lala Reed of laws for the upkeep of slaves. Oh my gosh, man. So during this visit, the lawyer found no evidence of wrongdoing or mistreatment of slaves at the home. Martineau also recounted other tales of Lala Reed's cru- cruelty that were current among New Orleans residents in about 1836. So this is still going on. She said that um, the lawyer's visit, one of Lawlery's neighbors saw um, an eight-year-old slave girl fall to her death from the roof of the Royal Street Mansion while trying to avoid punishment from a whip-wielding Lawlery. Why did no one stop her? I don't know. But the body was uh, buried on the mansion grounds like immediately after. Of course she was. Um, I think that the woman talked about her name was Jean Delavangie. 
Gaudensh? I don't know. She uh, was telling the story in 1945. Oh my gosh. And the girl was about 12 years old, and she named her either Lia or Leah. Mm-hmm. And um, she later talked about how apparently... Um, uh, talking about the case why she was whipping her that had been brushing Delphine's hair and she hit a snag and that caused her to get whipped and chased her. Not with like a regular whip, y'all. Like yeah. a bull whip. Lollery was crazy. Yeah. So according to Monta using adults and children and murdering people. Well, she, you know, this incident led to an investigation of the Lollerys in which they were found guilty of illegal cruelty and forced to forfeit nine slaves of their household. These nine enslaved people were brought were bought back by the Lollaries through an oh intermediary God. relative and returned to the residence. Um, so they were almost safe. Well, as safe as they could be in the time period. Yeah. So Martinu recounted stories that Lollary kept her cook chained to the stove and would beat her daughters when they attempted to feed the slaves um, on the residence. What? Yeah. So on April 10th, 1834, a fire broke out in the residence, starting in the kitchen, and when the police and fire marshals got there, they found the cook, a 70-year-old woman, chained to the stove by her ankle. Oh my gosh. She later said that she had set the fire as a suicide attempt because (gasps) she feared being punished. She also said that the slaves taken to the uppermost room never came back. So when the lawyer originally came and did a, like a, you know, a check of the house, she has a secret attic room. Or she would keep her people. I hate this story. And I was interested in it because it's like a beautiful old house. It is. A, it was a beautiful old house. But I had no idea how awful this human was. So um, bystanders responding to the fire attempt to enter the, they entered the quarters of the enslaved to ensure that everyone had been evacuated. Upon being refused the keys to the Lollaries, the bystanders broke down the doors to the quarters and found seven slaves more or less horribly m- mutilated. What? So, they go upstairs to the uppermost room, which is the attic secret door. And the people are like, open the door. Yeah, open the door now. <laughs> and like, we need to make sure that everyone fire. is okay. Because the fire was apparently bad. And in in the room, after they broke down the door because Lala refused, um, they were been like mutated or mutated, mutilated. Some were suspended by the neck with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one oh extremity to the other. Oh, my gosh. Um, there were some people there that were alive. There were dead and living people there. And the people that were suspended by the neck with all these, there were, some of them were alive. What the hell? <laughs> and some that were in prison there had been there for months. So one of those who entered the premises was Judge... Uh, <laughs> um, uh, sorry, what, who, I don't know, it was like a judge of the town. Um, he was um, trying to dispose of the mansion and was trying to blame the slaves and was talking about, not really blame the slaves for the fires and that they shouldn't have happened, but he was talking about how the um, slaves wore collars and they were just like gashes all over them and they were somewhere too weak to walk and... It was just uh, a little weird, they, like, the way he described people. He also said, like, in... But he was saying it was the those people's fault? In one article said, yeah, because the the one slave admitted to setting the fire in a suicide attempt. Okay. He said it was their fault. Of course he did. The fire was their fault, but the treatment was not their fault. Okay. I don't... I mean, I don't know why they were talking about it. Yeah. 
Um, the judge said that when he questioned LaLaurie's husband about those enslaved on the property, he was told in an insolent manner that some people had better stay at home rather than to come to others' houses to dictate laws and meddle with people's business. So the husband knew what was happening. I was probably participating in this barbaric activity. So, dude, this just like goes on forever. Yeah. When the the, the fire really, really d- messed up the home. Like it was bad. And they still escaped, which makes me mad. It makes me mad that they weren't, I don't know, hanged and stretched. So when the discovery of the treatment of the slaves became widely known, um, the Lollary residence was demolished and destroyed. Good. And no justice ever came to the Lollaries because they went to France. Of course, they were rich white people, too. So bodies have been found um, buried all over the place with like of the property. Yeah. Like hundreds of them. My. So there's no telling how many people that she did terrible things to. Yeah. She could just get away with it because she was a bad person. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the haunting side. So after they tore it down. They did build, they rebuilt on the site, and it is a hotel, and I'm just going to give some reports of some happenings that people experienced there. So, there was a room in the Lollary Mansion where slaves were often kept, and I guess, I don't know how this works in the haunting world, Mm -hmm. but there's a room in the hotel that is common that they associate with this one, because I guess it's on the same height levels. And reports of moaning coming from that area are common. Phantom footsteps echo through the house with regularity. And many people who have stood near the house have reported feeling as if they were taken over by some negative energy. Hmm. So they still call this um, place like a the, the mansion, even though it's not. It's the not Lollary the original mansion. mansion. It is the Lollary mansion that we know today is not the original one. But um, the house, um, after it was torn down and rebuilt and whatever, it was converted into apartments. And in 1894, a tenant who lived there was brutally murdered in his room. (laughs) They found his belongings ransacked as if someone had gone through them. The police assumed that he was just a victim of a robbery and even though nothing of value was found missing. An interesting account regarding the murder um, deals with the police interviewing neighbors about his disappearance. And one of the one of his friends, like a neighbor, claimed that he was having problems with sprites in his house. Or spirits. I don't know why they said that. Hmm. Um, his friend wrote it off as his imagination running wild with him. But he did say something really interesting. He claimed that his friend told him that there was a demon in the house who wasn't going to rest until he had met his end. And he did. He died there. That's sad. He didn't live there very long either. There's numerous accounts of... Stuff like this continuously happening. Uh, a lot of people died there, and it's super haunted. You can take tours, and you can stay the night there. They have, like, specific rooms that if you want an experience, they say you're going to have one. I feel like, again, <laughs> this is one of those terrible places that's just been, like, it's seen so much awfulness that there's a mark left. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, there's just a stain. And so everybody's going to feel it. Well, the thing I do like about this story is that the townspeople. Yeah, they revolted. They're like, burn this mother down. Yeah, they were like, these are, this is terrible. So, I mean, at least they something, they were trying to do something actively. It was just too late. Yeah. 
But that's my story. Stories yeah, of really my good. haunted homes. Maybe next week I'll get my topic correct. <laughs> Possible. Again, guys, sorry this is a longer episode, but there's just so much out there and there's so many details and I feel like it's hard to leave out even the tiniest one. Yeah. I did leave out a lot of the haunting stuff because some of it was um seemed a little cheesy. And it was just like footsteps and like moans. Yeah, which is I mean, that's typical. I mean, that's creepy, stuff. but like how many footsteps are you gonna really listen to? <laughs> that's true, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That floorboard creak. You're like God. Another another one, another creek. Um Yeah. Man, that was such a heavy one. Yeah. I feel like you should have gone last. Yeah, the Lollaries are terrible. They're horrible humans. If Lollarie, if you can hear me, you're horrible. Yeah. She's also downstairs and she's working a terrible detail. Yeah. She's getting a pineapple right up the Gucci. The Gucci <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining in for another episode of Sisterhood of Secrets. We hope to um, hear from you guys. Yeah. So email us. Yeah. Do it. Please email now. Taylor. <laughs> Specifically, Taylor's like, I love you, Taylor. Bye. Yeah. Just tell, I need, I need my fandom to go up. <laughs> I feel like you don't understand me. They're starting to. They're really They're starting not. to. They probably think I'm a freaking demon and you've got to stop telling people that. Listen, you just Pete. laugh when you're uncomfortable because some of the things that we read about are really sad or they're just like make you feel uncomfortable you know and so the only way that you know how to like if you've ever seen new girl that, i am nick miller <laughs> that's, I, oh my gosh yes. that's me yeah and i'm jess so there you go Actually, but we're not together me and oh nick. god <laughs> nope we're not together no i'm not jess i'm um the guy with the cat you're not Winston. I am Winston. You're not Winston. You know Winston Trevor is, just like is Winston. Whispering to himself. That is Trevor. <laughs> anyway, again, sorry again for the last long episode. We hope you stick with us through the whole thing. I know that's hard, but we'll see you next it's time. It's really not. Just just do it. <laughs> All right. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Make sure you follow us on our Instagram account, sisterhood underscore of underscore secrets, and our Facebook page, Sisterhood of Secrets. If you would like to share any of your spooky or unexplained encounters, email us at sisterhoodsecrets1 at gmail. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Bye for real.